How many likes to do things and you don't know why you're doing them? I don't. I don't enjoy doing things purposelessly. If that's not a word, if you're an English teacher and I just made up a word, call Webster. We're just going to get it in there. <laughs> Somebody say to your neighbor, what's the point? See, before you do anything for God, you need to know why you're doing it. And I want to establish the vision of High Praises Church fresh today. I want to establish what we're here to do and why we're doing it. First of all, to give you about this much history, or give you a whole lot of history in this much time, in 1998, LaDonna and I found ourselves in a place that we believed that there ought to be a church that it didn't matter what you look like, act like, smell like, talk like, where you came from, or really if you knew even where you was going. There needed to be a church where people could come in and freely worship. And so, High Praises Church happened. The first November, first Sunday of November in 1998, we had 18 people in attendance. We've had three different locations. And, uh, and that's not counting the two basements that, we're in, that we were in. They didn't belong to us, so we won't count them. But we went from one basement to another for about a year and a half. And then we moved into our first piece of property and on March 12th of 2000. And 2000, that's right. March 12th, 2000. And then we were there until August of 2006. And we were at our last location. And then on... August the 16th, 2021, High Praises Church was able to pay off almost a million dollars debt. And this property is totally debt free. And I'm thankful for that. But what's the point? What, what's the point of all that? If we're just here to get together, I mean, Let's go find a dance or something. <laughs> find a good band. If, if, if this is all we're here for. So what's the point of High Praises Church? High Praises Church is a place where the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is the love of Jesus. Well, what does that mean? What's the point of that? Everybody loves Jesus, right? You get them in a the wrong situation, they'll start loving him. <laughs> go to John 17. John 17, and we're going to read um, four verses to start with. It says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's why Paul said, Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, and you shall be saved. This is Jesus talking to God, y'all. Verse 21, That they all may be one as, that, as though Father art in heaven as thou father art in me sorry and I in thee that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them and they may be one even as we are one I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one 
and that the world may know that thou hast sent me this is Jesus talking to God and hast loved them as thou hast loved me so what does all that mean somebody say what's the point most believers don't realize that God gave us the key to winning the world to Jesus but he did he gave us a key he prayed about it right before he went to the cross he asked the father to bring us into a place of such oneness with each other and with him that the world would know that he had been sent from God did you hear what I just said don't raise your hand when's the last time you gossiped about somebody gossip does not bring oneness among the brothers when's the last time you criticized somebody's skirt because it was too short they ought to know better than that how do you know their past how do you know where they come from how do you know who their mama was maybe they should know but I'm going to give you a little insight we don't live in the same America that we used to live in and I'm not complaining I'm just explaining we don't live in the place where everybody believes the same anymore we don't believe I grew up in a very rural area in West Virginia where I think everyone there was a bunch of churches but everybody believed the same thing everybody looked the same everybody liked cornbread and buttermilk what's the point of our being a church if you and I and all the rest of the body of Christ would get into a place of oneness if we would get together and start loving each other we would be able to affect the world so fast that it would make your head swim unfortunately We've been too busy scrapping with one another. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. We've been too busy criticizing one another. Now, don't shout me down. We've been too busy getting our feelings hurt. We've been too busy giving too much thought to things that don't need any thought. In the book of Job, it said that we could decree a thing on the earth and it would be established. Today, as the pastor of High Praises Church, I decree and declare that kingdom Christians are realizing that we need to stop all that stuff. We need to start treating Jesus' command that we love one another as a command instead of an alternative. Somebody say, what's the point? We need to drop our silly arguments and be unified by the Spirit of God. You want to evangelize the world? Then start walking in oneness with the God Christians, with the Christians in this earth. Find common ground with other believers. I want to point your attention to what Paul said in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the eighth verse. If there's anything good, anything lovely, anything just, anything worth praise, anything with virtue, anything. Think on that. Somebody say, what's the point? 
it's time Christians get rid of personal agendas. I lost some of my amens. <laughs> I love you though. Start confessing that the kingdom, somebody say kingdom. Kingdom of God is going to rise up together in faith and love as one body driven by the power of Jesus himself. Because we are one body. Listen, somebody said, well, but I go to a different kind of denomination than you do and I don't believe everything. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't have to believe. That's the point of unity. I would dare say there's not a husband and wife that's ever breathed the same air that agreed on everything. Only women say amen. You big bunch of chickens. Yeah, I hear you over there. I hear you, Brian. Uh huh. My daddy used to say, any man that say he's boss at his house would lie about anything. See, here's the thing. When you have human beings, when you have more than one human being in a room, you have opportunity for conflict. But when the Bible says that a three-strand cord is not easily broken, you get us... You get me and you get somebody else and then you put the Holy Spirit in that, we can find a way to be stronger. Come on, somebodies. Somebody say, what's the point? i tell you what the point is. There's a world that doesn't know that Jesus loves them, so we don't, in my opinion, we don't need to stand on our, our, our stool of self-righteousness and go, stop, 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 stop. Why don't we go up beside of them, put our arm around them, proverbially, and... and and, and love on them and speak kindness to them and tell them how good they look when maybe they have a, a complex that they have been dealing with their whole life. You say, well, I ain't going to lie. Somebody lied to you. Because I guarantee there's a day when you got out of your house and you look like a hot mess just happening right then and somebody said, well, you look nice today and all of a sudden it lifted your spirits. It's not lying because we can... Sp I, somebody say, I am a spirit. I live in a body and I possess a soul. So the spirit that you have inside of you is the part of you that God reborn. And that's the part that's joined with God. And that part of you can look into the part of people that God looks at. Gosh, we need to stop being superficial Christians. Jesus prayed that it would happen. And the Holy Spirit is already bringing it to pass. Listen. Satan would love to stop High Praises Church and every other church that's preaching the love of Jesus. But he can't. He can't. Because I'm just going to be straight with you. I'm not into fighting with the devil. I'm just not into it. Because the Bible says that we don't have to. The Bible says that he is our footstool because the word says that he is he was on this world and he's causing havoc on this world. And the Bible says that we are joint heirs seated with Christ in heavenly places and the world is our footstool. So I'm here to tell you today that I'm not scared of Satan. I'm not doing that superficially either. Listen, he stole from my house. 
On June 4th, 2016, he took the most precious human being to me. And, 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 and I made a decision three months later, whatever it was, when my son called and said, Dad, I've been diagnosed with cancer. And I went to my bedroom and I said, Oh, no, boy, you ain't doing this. And I took my scripture and I said, God, in the name of Jesus, you said that by your stripes we're healed. And I started pleading the blood. Well, guess what? I was in the recording studio with my son in Nashville yesterday. He is cancer-free and he's living his life. I have declared that Satan is not going to steal from me because Jesus said, Jesus said, all power is given unto me. And in that same scripture, he gives it to his disciples, which was my representative at that time. Amen? Somebody say, what's the point? The kingdom of God is far more powerful than the devil. And if we will get unified and stop being so self-centered and stop playing the victim and know that Jesus Christ died on a cross so that we could be the victor, the power of God's going to blast a hole in the operation of the devil big enough to drive a train through. That's the point. That's the point. The point is, it's going to let the world know that Jesus is truly the Lord. That's the point. The point is to do what Jesus said before he left. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Somebody said, you should go and preach the gospel, and if needed, use words. Think about that. You know what that means? You love them. But see, it's not going to happen because we're fighting with the devil or worrying about what the world is doing. I truly believe if he can get you in a mindset that you have to always cast out demons and always be, well, I think spiritual warfare, listen, spiritual warfare is real. It's a thing. But what you have to understand is if you're going in there thinking you're Billy Bad Butt, you ain't going to get nothing but get whooped anyway. You have to go in there clothed with the righteousness of God, understanding that greater is he that is Come on, somebody. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's not because we have the greatest programs at High Praises Church. It's not because we're going to be able to have multiple campuses at High Praises Church. It's not because we're going to do all that God said we could do. It's because of the love that we have for our brothers. According to the word... It's going to happen through the love of Jesus. I want you to go with me to John 17. I'm going to read lots of scriptures right now, and I'd love for you to read with me. If you don't have a, a passion translation, <laughs> y'all heard me trying to get through KJV a while ago. I'm going to read this in the passion. You can, you can reference it. It is, it is a wonderful translation, but I want, for time's sake, I want to get this point out in the atmosphere. So I'm using the Passion Translation. And if you don't have that Bible, uh, that particular translation, you want to follow along, we'll have it on the screen. But in John 17, it says, This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. I think those numbers are wrong. Anyway, 
John 17, you can, you can pull it up on, the, uh, on your Bible app, the Passion Translation. This is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know the experience, I'm sorry, and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. Remember Jesus talking to his Father. So my Father, restore back to me, I'm sorry, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Say, what in the world is that talking about? Go back to, if you want to, in your time, you can go back to Genesis. And it talks about when he's created man, he said, let's create him, uh, them in our image. We serve a three-part being. He's one God. Don't get me wrong. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father created. God the Son redeemed. And God the Holy Spirit is with us till we go to heaven. I am a spirit, I live in a body, and I possess a soul. We are a three-part being, just like the one that created us. He said, Father, I have manifested you. Father, I have manifested who you really are, and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave to me. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last, they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave to me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your word and carry them in their hearts. They, have conv they are convinced that I have come from your presence and they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for my disciples. How many is thankful that you're a disciple of Jesus today? I pray for my disciples. I am not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world. So understand, Jesus was talking to God so that we would be equipped for us to be that link. To the unbelieving world He said I pray for my disciples I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world But for those who belong to you Those you have given me For all who belong to me now belong to you And all who belong to you now belong to me as well And my glory is revealed Through their surrendered lives Holy Father, I am about to leave this world to return and be with you. But my disciples will remain here. Holy Father, each one that you have 
given me, keep them in your name so that they will ha- they will be united. Listen, they will be united as one, even as we are one. Did you hear what Jesus was praying for us to be? Somebody say, what's the point? Here's the point. The point is, Jesus' main desire before... How many know that a man that knows he's about to die chooses his words correctly? He was praying a prayer for you and I, and his prayer was, while I was with these that you have given me, I was guarding them and keeping them in your name. Not one of them is lost except the one that was destined to be lost so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I am returning to you. So, Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. You can't be somebody that says you love Jesus but yet won't let it out on other people. But you don't know what people have done to me. I know what they've done to him, and he still prayed this. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates me. For their allegiance is no longer to this world, talking about the believers, because I am not of this world. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil. For they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Ooh, I love when Jesus compares me to him. How many loves it when Jesus compares us to him? Your word is truth. So make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to represent me just as I have, just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice. So that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. And I ask not only for these disciples. He's bringing us in, guys. (laughs) Jesus loves you so much that he thought about you then. He said, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world, listen, so that the world will recognize that you sent me for the glory of I'm sorry, for the very glory you have given to me, I have given them. So that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. Ooh, you live fully in me. Now I live fully in them. So, so that they will experience perfect unity. And the world will, convince, will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. 
I don't. I try not to say anything harsh to anybody about it, but it just hurts my heart when people want to paint God as this mean kid sitting up in the sky with a magnifying glass like over an ant trying to punish us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Listen, I'll tell you what brings punishment. Sin brings punishment. The wages of sin is death. What our message ought to be is that love Jesus. Get the power that you need through the unity with your brothers and sisters and Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit so that you can have authority over the sin that might so easily beset you. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous Father. But the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me for your, for your love will now live in them even as I live in them So whenever I'm talking about love, I love to give the textbook example of what love is because we are so confused in this world and society today what true love is. We really are. It's been perverted on the screens of our, our movie theaters. It's been perverted in the lines of many uh, romance novels. It has been absolutely misrepresented in so many songs that have been sang. So I want you today, somebody say, what's the point? Here's the point. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Here's what love is. Can you put that one up? It's in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 13. That's not the right translation. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through, 4 through 13, the Amplified Version. This is my favorite version of this scripture. It says, love endures with patience and serenity. I love you, but... Anybody ever heard that? I love you, but... Then get your butt out of the way is what you need to do. There's no exception. If you love somebody, if you say you love someone, you ought to be able to also interchange the word love with tolerate. I have tolerance for you. Now that's a word some preachers don't like because it's like, oh, we can't tolerate sin. Ain't nobody said nothing about tolerating sin. But if you can't tolerate the person that has the sin going on in their life, you'll never reach that person. 
and let me let me just this uh, let me just tell you how I feel about that. It ain't your business to be pointing out the sin and to start with. <laughs> well, what's our job? I just read it to you. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind. <laughs> Love is thoughtful. Love is not jealous. Love is not envious. Don't raise your hand, because I don't think you will after I say what I'm about to say. Has anybody ever seen a pure D hellion? I mean somebody that don't go to church. They they cuss every other breath. They, you know, they just they just do it all in your eyes. They're just as bad as they can be, and then they get a new boat. They get a new truck to pull it. They put it in the in the garage of their new house. And you're driving something that you got Jesus loves me stickers holding the bumpers on. And it inevitably comes to your mind that you go, I just don't understand. I pay my tithe. And here they are. They ain't never paid tithe in their life. And they got a new boat. Well, first of all, you don't know. They may have they may have went to school about eight years and you stopped. They may have got a higher education. They may have done all kinds of stuff that you don't know about. But it all comes back to true love does not envy what somebody else has. And it doesn't get jealous. Love does not brag or is proud or arrogant, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive, easily angered, it does not take in, God, I'm trying to hurry, but it's, it does, thank you, he said take my time, so praise the Lord, and I am trying to be sensitive to that, but I, I do want to get this, it says, it does not take into account a wrong endured. Do you know if you go behind somebody's back and talk about them, they're going to be told about it? Because <laughs> everybody loves to spread bad news. And you go talk about somebody, they're going to they gonna tell on you. So you might as well just learn how to forgive. It does not, verse 6, does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when the right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Love believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, and endures all things without weakening. How many know that meekness and weakness are not the same thing? Love never fails. It never fades or ends, but as for prophecies. Now, I said a few weeks ago, we are a word and spirit church. But I want you to know, and, and as the pastor, somebody said, what's the point? Here's the point. The word comes first. When the word goes first, then the spirit will be drawn. And here's, here's what I mean. 
the preaching comes behind the worship and the singing, but there's a reason why at High Praises Church, we don't sing songs that are always just familiar to our history. I love old songs. I, do y'all follow me on Facebook? I love old songs. But listen, there's songs in that blessed red book hymnal that everybody's so... I, do y'all know that I can quote more page numbers of songs than I can scriptures? So I'm just like you. I love old songs. But somebody once sang, I once was lost in sin, and now I am again. <laughs> that ain't exactly how it's written, but, but we kind of get into that thing. And just because it's familiar, here's what I mean that the word has to go first. The reason that we sing the songs we sing is because the Word will prepare the way for the Spirit and the Spirit will then set an atmosphere for the Word. Very specific. It says that prophecy will cease. Y'all can read the rest of that. So, what's the point? The point is this. I've never made any apology for this, and I won't start now. We're going to love people first. (laughs) You know, one of the reasons High Praises Church was started is because we'd go to we'd go to church because we had a little singing ministry. We'd go to these churches and somebody walk up and say to my wife because I, I was usually up in the service. But this happened several times. Excuse me, honey, you got my seat. She would get up without any problem. And she didn't take offense to that. But the reason I always bring that up is because what if someone comes into the church that's not familiar with a church? We keep saying all this stuff like we want to reach the world. We want to reach the world. But then when we bring someone in that's not acclimated to our atmosphere, how are we going to reach them if we don't love them first? Love makes a place because love is a direct result of the grace of God in us. And we got to love them. And how are you going to get them in here if you act like you're mad at the world outside these walls? Amen? Listen, we would go into some churches and we'd look around. Everybody in the place was black except us. We'd go into some churches, everybody, everybody in the place was white except us. Because down deep, I was thinking, come on, this morning. I, I try to watch this because I don't ever want to be offensive to any. That's not my point. But this morning, our, our team was learning that first song. I said, you're singing too white. Quit. And understand my point is this the vision that God gave us was that we would look across 
Because when you get to heaven, the kingdom is going to have people that look different than you, that went to a different denomination than you, that was brought up by people. See, some people, if if you say a three-letter word or a four-letter word, oh, my God, you're going to hell. That's how I was raised. I would talk about donkeys just so I could say that word that's written in the Bible. There was one, one little girl, and this is the truth. I can, I can give you her parents' number. This one little girl, she came home and she said, there's a new girl in our, our class, but I can't say her name because if I say her name, I'm going to cuss. And they was like, what? There's a new girl in school, and if I say her name, I can't say her name because if I say it, I, I'll be cussing. They said, you have to tell us her name. You will be forgiven. God is not mad at you. She finally came out with it. She said, her name is Helen. That's the truth. That was my cousin's daughter. So some people are taught that everything is wrong. Some people are taught ain't nothing wrong. It's not our position to judge them. It's our position as Jesus prayed. He didn't say, Father, let them be judgmental and bring the whip out and smite them down and just be the best smiters in the country. No, he said, teach them to love as you have loved me and I have loved you and let the world see them and bring unity to the kingdom. I love Jesus, y'all. And Jesus loves me. What's the point of all this today? Everybody on this earth needs to know that Jesus loves them. And they can know Jesus. That's why we exist. So what's the point of all today? It's to get the love of Jesus into a world that isn't loved sometimes. By religion and even some Christians. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now we want you to stay connected with our socials. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.